Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. This is the Unfiltered Entrepreneur. My name is Ashley Pollard. Here you will find business tips, entrepreneurial advice, and an honest account of mistakes I make along the way. I will also have some friends along for the ride who can add in their own experience, obstacles, and what we can all learn from each other. Entrepreneurship can be a lonely road, but not in my circle. We are all in this together. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and the founder and CEO of Team AP Consulting, where we help women every single day grow their business, scale to the success they want, and do so with confidence and data-driven strategy. Today, we're talking about connecting with your audience, why I think that's important, and how you can deepen that relationship. Now, a lot of people think that they're connected to their audience because they scheduled their Instagram posts for a month. Now, I know that you may feel private. Maybe you don't want to be on stories. Maybe it feels awkward. Maybe it isn't something that you uh, feel comfortable doing. However, I too want to tell you I too, I do want to tell you that the more frequently you show up on Instagram, the more frequently that you're showing your face, that you're connecting, that you're saying dumb things, like not even anything too important or too educational, but like the salad you're eating or the show you're watching on TV or something that's been uh, really exciting to watch with a client, sharing those things is a vital part of growing your audience and connecting in a way that they feel safe investing in you and excited to watch you grow and participate in that growth. And some people think that they're connected because they're doing all the things, right? I'm checking all the boxes. I posted three times this week. I did six reels. I'm killing it. And you are showing up on social media, but my question to you would be, are you connecting on social media? There's two ways that you can check. Actually, there's many ways that you can check if you have a connected audience or a disconnected audience. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through all the things that go with having a connected audience, what that looks like, and different ways that you can actually use that to your advantage. So a connected audience, when you are working with them, when they feel like they know you, they're part of your life, they're part of your day-to-day, That means that you are consistently talking to people in the DMs on a daily basis. Now, when I was first starting out, there were times that people would say, oh yeah, I'm just like, I'm really having a tough day. Like this made me feel better. And I would put on my calendar for a week later, check in with at so-and-so to see if their week got better. And I would reach out and say, hey, I was just thinking about you. Did your week get any better? And at the time when I was starting, I had 5,500 followers. It's not like I was starting with 100 people. So coming back to people and having conversations, hey, I thought of you. How are things going? Or putting people's birthdays into your calendar so that you could celebrate them in the DMs. Hey, by the way, happy birthday. I put it in my calendar that today's your birthday. I think that those little tiny moments are super important having those conversations. And if people write to you, responding back, asking a question yourself and not in a salesy way. It's a much different experience if somebody writes to you and says, 
oh my gosh, I've totally seen that myself. It's so stressful, isn't it? And you're like, it is stressful. Next time you feel that way, book a call with me and I'll help you get through it. Versus you saying, I know it's so stressful. Do you have any tips for me? Because I'm always trying to look at different ways to help the situation. That way, when they're ready, they will come to you. When you want to sell to someone, you can, but not everything has to be that. The more you network, the more you communicate, the more you have dialogue, In essence, the more human you are, the better that connection is going to feel, the deeper that it gets, and the more more apt they are to booking a service with you or to purchasing a digital product. The next thing that has worked significantly for us, I would say it's the backbone of our growth, was the fact that we are not gatekeepers. So some people will say... uh, hey, by the way, like, how did you do this thing on Instagram? And I could easily say, oh, I Googled it, like, go find out, you know, or I learned it on TikTok or, oh, I don't know, I just figured it out myself. Even deeper, they may say, wow, I wish that I could do that in my business. And somebody may respond, well, book a call and let's do it. And that is important sometimes. But what if you just like gave them the answer What if you're like, oh my gosh, so I follow this girl on TikTok and what she said to do is download this and then add the text here and it'll show up on your profile. Isn't that crazy? That way you're connecting with them. You're like becoming DM BFFs with people and sharing your inside stories. The other thing I see people responding with sometimes is, oh, I'm sorry, I only reserve that for my paying clients. And that could be sometimes when people ask a question like, oh, is this something that you handle or how would you handle this situation? Now, I don't think it's wrong to reserve your services for people who pay for your services. That's definitely how you cross boundaries and how people take advantage of you. What I'm more so referring to is that if somebody's asking for just like a very general, simple question, work with them, give them the answer, treat your audience more like they're friends and less defensive, like everybody's out to get you or they're not going to pay you or like you're not going to tell anybody anything. There's actually times where people will say, hey, I want to book a 90 minute call with you because I can't find more leads. I'm trying to do this, this and this. And I'll say, listen, I don't really have time for a 90 minute call. So how about I just give you three different tips right now? And that can be super helpful because a lot of times they'll come back and say, okay, now I definitely want a 90-minute call. When's your next one, even if I have to wait till next month? Because they're appreciative of the fact that I gave them an answer. Now, on top of that, don't be gatekeeping with your content, right? Hey, I made a mistake. This is how I bounced back from it. Oh my gosh, I'm having a hard day. These are the different things that I'm going to do about it. Of course, we don't want to be so problem-focused. We want to be solutions-focused. But make sure that you're not necessarily just showing the highlight reel. In my opinion, that's been kind of like how our brand has grown so well is that we're connecting on a very real basis. The other thing is that, you know, it may not be your brand. Some people are like, well, I want a luxury brand and I want to be very elevated. I think that we're actually quite elevated, but I also can say that I'm having a hard day or that something fell through the cracks or that I made a mistake because I know that I'm not absolved of that. The other way to tell if you have a connected audience is to ask yourself if multiple a time, multiple times a week, are you asking about them? Are you asking what they're into? Are you asking what they're roadblocks are? Are you asking what they're investing in, where they're traveling to, where they live, anything about them? 
I am consistently asking my audience question after question after question, even if it's like, hey, do you guys think this is cool or not? Are you into this? Have you heard of this brand? Is this something that you'd be interested in? To kind of gauge like, what do they really need? What are they interested in? But also to get to know them better. Oh, wow, I have a lot of people in Atlanta who follow me. I have a lot of people who are brand designers who follow me. That's very interesting. That way we're continuously learning about each other. And if I know my audience, then I can create products for them. Products that will sell because they've told me their roadblocks. They've told me who they are. And that way, the product suite that I'm developing is with them in consideration. Then I'm not saying, ooh, how fun would it be if this existed in the world? I'm going to make this and hope somebody buys it. Versus me saying, wow, I just did a poll and 80% of people who took the poll said that they don't know anything about this particular topic. I know how much they spend. I know what stage of business they're in. What if I make a course or a download or a free webinar or a paid webinar that goes into this topic further? That way, people will definitely be showing up. You know who's interested, so you can reach out to them specifically and invite them to the service or the webinar or whatever you know you create. And it's because you're creating for them. The next thing that kind of peeves me that people do, and this is definitely a little fringe, I know that some people are going to come for me about this, but I personally believe that you should take every single discovery call you possibly can. The market research in discovery calls is astronomical. The amount that you learn about people, the way that you hear their actual problems, they also get to put a face with a name. They get to know you better. I get on so many discovery calls. I'm almost two years into my business and I'm just now in 2022 passing off the discovery call aspect of my business to someone on my team, which we're still doing every single discovery call we possibly can. It just may not be me. However, someone on my team is going to be doing those discovery calls because that face-to-face is so important. You also will find that When people fill out an intake form, 90% of the time, they don't really know what they need, right? So sometimes people will fill out a uh, an intake form and someone who sees it more as an application, they may think, oh, well, they're not right for the service, so I'm going to tell them they're not right for the service. However, if you got on a discovery call with them, you might find they're better suited for a different service of yours, or maybe there's a download that you have that they could purchase, and that person is going to feel more connected to you, they're going to feel and sense you more, they're going to understand you better, and they're going to come back next time they want to invest. They're also going to tell their friends about it. They may post about it on their stories. They may say, oh my gosh, I had a discovery call with her and she was amazing. And don't worry about telling people no to a service. I do this all the time. I will say, listen, I don't think this is right for you. I don't want you to waste your money. It's going to be a little bit more like this and you wanted something that's more like that. So maybe come back around next time I'm offering something different and we'll touch base then. And people will trust you more and refer you to people that they know are right for the service because they've learned more about what it entails. I know that everybody's going to come for me and say, but then I'm going to be on discovery calls all the time. And that just tells me that one, are you putting enough really good information on your website where they can self vet before they get on a discovery call? Are you doing Q&As on your Instagram stories so that the discovery call is really the purchase Uh, and like the final moment before they purchase? 
Or are they getting on the phone call and wasting your time? If so, there's a problem with the process, not the discovery call itself. The calls are such an integral part of learning more about your people and how you can best serve them. The last way that I'm going to mention, and this is definitely not an exhaustive list of ways that you can tell if you have a connected audience, but are you launching things at a price point they will pay? Or are you launching products and services because you want to compete with your competitors or because you want to make a certain amount of money? Now, here's the thing. I'm a money-driven person. I'm very fucking excited that we're going to have a million dollar year this year. I'm very impressed that we basically quadrupled our business last year in 2021. Those are things that mean insanely, like they're unbelievable to me. And I'm driven by money. However, I know that I will only make money if my focus is making other people money. Now, if somebody does pay $5,000 for a service with me and they're like, that was a great service, but it was kind of worth like $2,500, they're not going to come back around. They're also probably not going to tell people about me and they're probably not going to share their experience and I'm probably not going to get a testimonial out of it. However, let's say you offer a $2,500 service for $1,500, which is what I do. I offer a $5,000 service for $1,500, or at the time of recording this, I do. And the feedback is always, you have jam-packed this service. There is so much here. I cannot believe what we went through. I am floored by the amount of information I'm walking away with. You really blew me out of the water. And isn't that a better experience? That also will end up making you more money. Here's the thing that's really funny. Let's say one person in your audience can afford $5,000. Great, you got somebody to book your $5,000 offering. But what if 15 people in your audience can afford a $1,000 offering? Now you have 15 people at $15,000 versus one person at $5,000. Not only is that more money, but that's more people talking about you. That's more people sharing your work. And if you are new to business and if you're trying to scale your business, that chatter of the 15 people is going to be astronomically helpful for your business. I cannot stress it enough. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, that's 15 people I have to do work for. But that could be a mini version of your service. It could be a group program. It could be something that's a little bit condensed. But find a way to pay to meet them at the dollar amount that they will pay. Before we move forward in the episode, have you checked out the new website yet? TMAP Consulting got a total makeover branding website. All of our collateral is fresh and updated and chic and modern, and I'm living for it. The best part of going to the website is going to be that you can check out our shop in a much cleaner and more efficient way, and we have something for everybody. Whether you want the Get Started Toolkit, the All Things Web Toolkit, which covers email, website, and social, whether you want the C-Suite Toolkit, which is all of our numbers and Excel spreadsheets, or maybe you want the Hit Record Podcast course to start your own podcast, everything is wrapped up in one precious bow, easy to find, easy to locate, and super affordable. Go check it out now, and let's continue on with the episode. Now, you might be listening to that list of all the different things that make up having a connected audience, 
And you may think, oh shoot, I'm not doing any of those things or am I or can I do some of those things? And my request there is just ease into it. Choose one that you know you can start doing now. One thing that I recommend is that when I had about 5,000 followers, I went through my list and I sent either a voice note or a message to every single person who followed me or I removed them from my follower list. Now, not everybody responded, and that's totally okay. One, they may have forgotten about it. Two, it may have made them feel uncomfortable. Three, it maybe was just like they weren't into it. Like, who knows? But I got a lot of responses, and it started a lot of conversations with people, and they became kind of like my support system, which has been kind of cool. So that's definitely one way to start. Before we end the podcast, I want to go into different things I noticed from really disconnected audiences. And people will join calls with me or strategy sprints or they'll work with someone on my team. And, you know, when we reconvene or when we discuss different things that we notice with our clients, these are typically the ways to make your audience feel disconnected from you or to feel like there's a separation of like, you're hard to reach or like you're hard to get in touch with or like you're someone that they want to watch but not participate with if that makes sense so the first thing is that maybe you don't really know anybody who follows you if you cannot tell me 10 people who follow you who are not your personal friends who are not your family who are not peers of yours in the space that you communicate with often genuine followers of your account that you've never met, then you need to start reaching out to people and making those relationships. I also, in that same vein, really, really encourage you to make more friends that are peers within your space. So if you are a life coach who focuses on confidence, I would find three to five other people who do exactly the same thing and connect with them. Maybe you all do a giveaway together. Maybe you do something where all of you uh, do a joint podcast on one of your podcasts. Maybe you do a joint blog post or something together and then you're there to kind of like lift each other up. Having people similar to you in your space is vital to growth. You need somebody else to be like, hey, what would you do in this situation? Or I'm going through this. How do you feel about this? Those kinds of things are super, super, super important when you're growing your business. The third thing to note when you are taking a look at whether or not your audience feels disconnected from you or connected to you is are you pushing people away with a bad attitude? Now, I understand that people may not know your boundaries or people may be saying, you know, creeping into your DMs and asking questions instead of getting on a call. To me, that never bugs me. That never annoys me. That never gets on my nerves. And the reason is because not everybody knows my boundaries unless I have an opportunity to tell them. And it is not enough for me to tell people on Instagram stories because what if someone followed me that day? What if someone missed that story? What if somebody thinks that what they're doing is appropriate and I now have an opportunity to kindly tell them that, hey, by the way, this is something I'd rather hand on a call, handle on a call. That's what I do. And that's a script that I can give you. If somebody sends you a message and says, hey, what would you do in this situation? You say, oh my gosh, I've totally been there. I understand exactly what you're going through. This is the kind of thing I'd handle on a 90-minute call. So why don't we do that instead? Here's the link and I'm totally here to walk you through it. 
the opposite of this would look like you can't just think that I'm going to give away this stuff for free. People, I charge for this kind of information. And I know that you may think that you're sticking up for yourself or maybe you're trying to really hold a hard line on your boundary. However, we can't always expect people to meet us the same way that we expect people to. When you enter into conversations with people, ask yourself if you are being kind, if you're being understanding. And of course, I don't want you to be walked all over by any means, but that kind of attitude resonates with people. That kind of attitude stems out and can affect your relationships with people you haven't even met yet because that becomes your reputation. How you treat people behind closed doors becomes your reputation. So if you are being aggressive or argumentative or, you know, rude back to people, even if you feel justified, take a breath and own your emotions. Don't project them onto the person coming into your space. Show up with integrity and treat them like a human and you don't know what they don't know. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they're going through. Give them an opportunity to learn a better way to communicate with you with kindness. Another way, just to go back to what I said earlier about whether or not you have a disconnected audience is, do you never take discovery calls? I mean, so many people just take applications, apply to work with me, and then you read the form and you say, nope, I'm not going to work with them. Nope, I'm not going to work with them. But you know what I found? Most people who fill out an intake form, which is typically the same kind of information as an application, but people who fill out an intake form before they book a call with me or a discovery call with me, they're almost always not telling the full truth on their form. Now, I may say, what stage of business are you in? And they say that they're further along in their business, but they only have this amount of budget and they want this service. I could easily say no to almost 90% of the intake forms I see because they say that they want a strategy sprint and they want to spend $500. Most of the time I get on the phone and they either just want to spend $500, in which case I'll always send them to the toolkits that I offer and you know, 90% of the time they purchase or they definitely have wiggle room on their budget. Maybe they don't want to do a strategy sprint, but they'll sign up for a 90-minute call or a VIP day. So my point here is that like, if you just go off of the information that people put on a form, you might be saying, well, that's their responsibility to show up super truthful. They may not know what you want that information for. And every person operates differently. You operate differently than that person. You may be super truthful on your intake forms. Maybe they don't feel comfortable. Maybe they don't know what that information means to you. Maybe they want to skew their results in some capacity. So get on the phone with everybody. If you're not taking discovery calls, you're leaving a lot of money on the table. The last one I want to mention about what it looks like to have a disconnected audience is coming back to what I said before as well, launching what you want to launch instead of launching what you feel is great for your audience. So many times people are like, I want to get into this, so now I'm going to do this. Okay, well, do you have an audience that's primed for it? Do you have an audience that's interested in it? Do you have an audience that wants that particular service, that cares about that particular service? Because if not, then you're kind of just selling for your ego. So many people come to me and they say, I found no sales. And I said, did you do market research to see if this is something that your audience needed from you? Well, no. Did you do market research to see if the price was correct? Well, no. 
Did you do any market research to see if they were ready to buy something like this, if this matched their roadblocks? Well, no. So making sure that you are creating a communal feel includes showing up for the community, right? It's like going to a potluck, right? If you show up to a potluck and you made this full turkey and it's got all the trimmings and everything, and then six other people showed up and everybody brought a turkey, you didn't communicate with each other. You need to ask the group, like, what's everybody bringing to the table? How can I contribute? What are you needing? What am I good at? And that is kind of how you have a connected audience, is by looking at the collective, finding how you show up, and finding how it meets their needs. So I hope that this podcast gives you a little bit of an illumination on ways that you can view a more connected audience, because a more connected audience will result in more sales every single time. I will see you guys next time on The Unfiltered Entrepreneur. Thank you for listening. Hold up. Don't leave quite yet. The good just gets better. I know it might be expensive to hire me for my services, so I've created a free way for you to get all of my best for any question you have. Click the link in the show notes to drop us a voice note, and I promise you I will answer every single one of them on the podcast for free. This has been a Fast Forward production. To learn more about them, check out at the women are speaking on Instagram for more information.